Hi, welcome to Selfaholic, where you become addicted to finding your true purpose in life. Today, uh, we have the pleasure of speaking with Erica Wirth. She is a marine naturalist, and she is currently in the Monterey, California area. And she actually has her own podcast called Breaching Extinction, and I've been listening to it, and it's wonderful. And uh, welcome, Erica. Thanks. So what brought you to Monterey? Um, so I've kind of spent the last couple of years just traveling around, following my passion for wildlife. And um, I went up to Washington about a year ago and went to go see orcas. I fell in love with it and kind of re-sparked my passion for marine mammals. Um, I went up there and worked for a while and I lived on Orcas Island. And then um, I was looking for year round work. So I applied to the Monterey area and was offered some jobs. So I came down here to do um, year round work as a marine naturalist down here. That's wonderful. Um, Eric and I actually met uh, uh, this last week at, um, it was uh, a group whale meditation. Um, and I think Erica, you and I agree. That was really awesome. Wasn't it? Yeah. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, the property we went to in Carmel, uh, on a cliff overlooking the ocean, uh, at a national park, it was majestic and, um, it really gave us both, a, uh, all of us there, we all went away with an awe of, uh, recharging and, uh, communicating, especially at this time right now and, uh, met some wonderful people too. And that's how Erica and I met and we started uh, talking and that we found that we had a lot of in, lot in common. <laughs> yep. And she said she'd only been here uh, for a little while. And, uh, and I've also noticed that you have lived in quite a few states and countries. Yes. Yes. This is state seven for me and I've lived in two countries. Wow. What countries? Um, obviously like the United States, cause that's where we are now. And then yeah. I spent some time in Tanzania. I spent several months there. Tanzania. Yes. Wow. What is that like? Amazing. Um, Tanzania, I, I will say is like my first true love, um, of like just that feeling of just like falling in love so hard. It was one of the most magical places in the world. Um, Tanzania is on like on East Africa. So it's, um, right underneath Kenya and it, the wildlife there and the culture there is just so vastly different than the United States. And, you know, I've been trying to get back ever since I was there in 2016 and the stars just have not aligned for me to get there, but I will be back one day, but I, it's, oh, uh, it was such a blessing to be able to spend so much time in Tanzania. I bet. And how long was it you there? Um, four months. Oh, so you definitely got a taste of the life there. Yes. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I hope you do get back there. Yes, me too. That's wonderful. So um, what, like you said, I know the jobs and the whales brought you here, but, you know, most people are trying to, as we've talked before, most people are trying to get out of California right now. <laughs> Besides the whales, I mean, that had to have been a lot to get you to uh, come here by yourself. Yeah. So I, I mean, I move around by myself a lot. I've been, you know, my kind of timeline, I was born in New Mexico. I grew up in Ohio. Um, I moved out at 17, moved to Austin, Texas. Then I went to college in Florida. So I spent four years in um, 
kind of the Tampa Bay area, um, moved to Arizona, moved to Washington, moved here. But, um, I mean, I was looking, I was offered jobs in California, in Hawaii and in Washington. And like, I love Washington and my heart's there, but, um, I have a cousin who she's got two young kids and I'm really close with her and them. And I wanted to be closer to them. They live in Tahoe. And then my younger brother just turned 18 and he's hoping to move out here. Um, but I was looking for year round work and, um, I just kind of felt called to this area. You know, it's hard mm -hmm. to find jobs in the marine science field. And I was offered, I had four job offers without interviews, like three of them without interviews. And, um, I was like, well, that like doesn't happen. So I was like, okay, we're gonna go down, check it out and explore. And then I came down um, to interview for the position that I'm currently in. And it was like, it just was a good fit um, all around. I was like, you know, I wanna, I, I love to see new parts of the world, experience new things. And there's different wildlife here that I've yet to experience. But Monterey is such a beautiful area. Um, but for some reason, I, I just kind of feel the universe called me to be here at this time. I love that though you said that the universe called you to be here. Hmm. It does. Uh, it, it's funny because I've always said that, uh, you know, um, it when it calls and you don't listen uh, sooner or later, it uh, knocks you on the side of the head and knocks you on the butt. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yep. I've uh yeah I learned that in the last year that absolutely the universe will kick your ass if you don't listen. Sorry, I don't know if you can. If we no, can no. We're trust me. I I I, I talk like a sailor. Maybe okay. even sometimes worse. So we're, we're good. <laughs> like I said, we keep it real here. <laughs> so uh, let's, because we're, uh, like I said, we, um, I find you, because I, I, and I hope you're okay with this, uh, you're, you're pretty young to be so passionate and to have such a, a drive, such a force towards this. Uh, and I like that. I like that you are very focused. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, that drive has kind of been in me since I was a kid. That drive is a huge part of why and like who I am and where I am. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just always been in me, you know, like all good marine biologists. I came from a square state in the middle, Ohio. Um, I spent the most time there. So that's the one that I claim. But I grew up going to the Columbus Zoo where I like saw manatees and uh, you know, I don't remember this, but my my uncle, who I'm very close with, who I'm named after, um, he told me that I was always just very infatuated with these animals. And um, that had just been my driving force um, ever since I was young. I started, I've been in this field for 10 years now. I started when I was 14 and now I'm 24. Um, so I've been in this field for a decade now, which is so weird to say. Um, but yeah. That is funny when you can say a decade, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Many more to come though with blessings. Yes. So uh, like we've talked about with this, you're, you're getting to, I should say, uh, when following the universe and the, and the spiritual path, um, where do you see uh, this path leading you uh, for your future? Um, I mean, like I, my path is very much aligned with the natural world. That's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm good at doing. Um, you know, and I, I love research education and, you know, I've, I've recently taken this turn into media, like with the podcast and I've got kind of a knack for photography as well. And so, you know, my ultimate goal is I want to 
help people connect to the universe or like, and like just to the world, not necessarily to the universe. Everybody's got their own spiritual path. And I, I respect that. And I like to learn from those who don't share the same path that I do. Um, but I mean, ultimately I want to help the world and help the animals and how we value the animals. I think that when we heal ourselves, which is a journey that I'm on right now, we can heal the earth and, you know, in order for our universe to kind of come into balance and for our planet to come into balance, we need collective and individual healing. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, my path will allow me to continue to heal because we're still in the process of that. Um, but share that with others and, you know, show them that they can do it too, because I've had a fairly unique life up until this point And, you know, there were no, I didn't see many people that were like me in the field. I didn't see women. I didn't see people that, you know, came from low socioeconomic backgrounds. I didn't see queer people. Um, and my family was, you know, fairly abusive and I didn't see people overcoming that. And so I kind of want to be a force of like, Hey, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you do if you are on a path, like this is like, you can still have what you want and do what you want and overcome the things that you want to. Um, somebody who I'm following actually, uh, that has gotten me on this course of doing a podcast. He says, uh, you know, no excuses, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, it all squarely lies on your shoulders yes. to make the choices uh, for your future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do think we have, there's a balance with that sort of thing. You know, there are certain external obstacles like that. And sometimes I feel like on my path, I, I feel behind other scientific people, but I'm kind of, I just, I do yoga. And one of the things we talk about, stay on your own mat. So I try to just stay on my own mat, but you know, I, there, if you want something bad enough, you'll get it. And like, I mean, I think that we should systematically make things easier for people that want to do it and stop creating blockades, you know, but at the same time, it's like, if you've got that passion, you've got that drive, you can make it happen. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and I hope I didn't sound wrong there. Sorry about, but the no excuses, meaning at a certain point in time in life, you got to own your own shit. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's going to do it for you. You know, no, no, nobody is. So, um, you were talking about overcoming uh, life's hardships. Um, and I, you just touched a little bit of base on that. And um, I can't imagine leaving home at 17. Uh, that had to have been scary. Um, it was. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. Being at home was scary. Um, and, you know, I, I went to go live with another relative and it was still not a good situation, but it was better than the situation that I was in. And, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I ended up in Texas and I have such a, a strong connection to Texas and I love Austin and some of my best friends, my friends for life, I met there. Um, so it, it definitely was scary, but, you know, at a very young age when you just kind of you're always in survival mode and you just have to do things. You just learn to do it. And like, you know, while those things were scary and hard in the long run, it helped me to grow and it helped me to be a better person and more adaptable and like grow in my field and as an individual. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, it's, it's scary to leave home at 17. Yeah. So would you say in that, um, you kind of found, um, more power and a little bit more 
strengthen yourself to follow through? Eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, like I said, my, you know, my childhood was not a pretty one per se. Let's just call it colorful. Um, there was a lot of physical and emotional abuse and I was just always driven by animals and I always felt very weak at, you know, being somebody in that position, but I never wanted to be the victim. I always wanted to be the survivor. I never viewed failure as an option. And I think at the time at 17, I didn't see that springboarding me into a position of strength, but looking back now, it absolutely did. Uh, I'm a huge, as you know, uh, and not everybody out there knows, but uh, those that do know me, a uh, huge animal lover. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, what we love in them, and I can understand uh, your passion for getting involved in this is, uh, you know, um, a dog can get hit by a car and unfortunately lose a leg. And uh, as soon as that's healed, they're out there sprinting and running and looking at you like, what, what's your problem? Yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem. You know, uh, where us as humans, we're like, look what I'm missing. Look what happened to me. And uh, we can learn a lot from them. And uh, learn, yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think so. Humans are so brainy, you know? <laughs> I think we need to be a little bit more heart-centered. We get so stuck in our heads, and that's where the problems are. We overcomplicate it, you know? And there's... And there's so many animals that survive and nature survives based on intuition. And, you know, when we go in there and we overthink it and mess up the balance, that's when things get messy. Exactly. Exactly. And now uh, with your podcast, Breaching Extinction, uh, would you like to tell everyone that's about? Yeah. So um, there are a group of whales off the coast of Washington. They're called the Southern Residents. Um, and there are 72 of these whales left. So they've got a lot of different species or a lot of species, different um, elements that are threatening them. So it's primarily vessel traffic, like boats, um, water toxins, but the most important is the lack of prey and that prey being salmon. So that salmon is also endangered. So essentially my goal with this podcast is I feel like, you know, we all have all the pieces of the puzzle. There are so many scientists that have worked on this for the last De like several decades since the 60s and people that have been working to solve this problem and I want to put the pieces of the puzzle together because it's not just science or economics or indigenous issues it's all of those issues and you know throw the the element of cultural values in there so basically my goal is to fit the pieces of those puzzles together and amplify voices that are in the field um, in a like a way that's constructive and in a way that we're promoting um, change through um, love and not through shame. That's wonderful. I heard, um, I believe it was your first episode, um, a gentleman you interviewed and uh, he was talking about um, the cruise ships mm -hmm. and uh, the damage that the cruise ships were doing. And I didn't realize, I actually do love to cruise. There's yeah. a lot of people that love to cruise. And uh, in listening and how the multiple ways that the cruise ships were affecting, not just hitting them, but dumping gray water and other things um, was very enlightening, very yeah. enlightening. I mean, people just, I think most people just don't know their impact and, you know, corporations aren't going to tell you the impact that you purchasing or participating is going to have. They're not going to tell you the negative impacts because they're not going to sell tickets or 
you know, rooms on cruise ships if they do that. But, you know, I'm glad that you found that insightful. Um, and I'm, you know, that was Jordan Van Vos that you're talking about. And I like, I learned a lot from that too, because I had no idea that the cruise ships were like an issue. And I'm, I study this issue, like I, I, every day for me is like Orca day. I like, you know, all of my free time pretty much goes to this podcast and understanding this issue. And that was a facet I still didn't even know about. So I found it pretty insightful as well. It was, it was. Now I want to ask you, so um, something I like to ask everybody. Uh, so what was your aha moment in life? And like in my like kind of spiritual path or just like in life? It can be either or, but I believe we all have this aha moment that wakes you up or enlightens you or moves you. I, I definitely remember my biggest aha moment um, that I literally got up numb. And <laughs> so I like to ask what, and then in, in your, very young, 24 years of age. Uh, so far, what has been your biggest aha moment? Um, I mean, I think I've had several, but in the last year, I've had a string of just really negative things happen or things that at the time that I perceived as negative. And, um, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I, you know, I was in a job that was not a good fit for me. And I ended up losing that job. And I was really devastated by that. Um, and so I came home to live with my family while I was like figuring out what I was going to do next. And like I said, you know, I left home at 17. So like going home to my family, like this was a very risky move. And I've always wanted to be connected to my family and I've always wanted to have, um, different, um, or sorry, let me, let me move. There's somebody like cleaning the windows outside. <laughs> Um, come on peaches. I, I moved out of the living room because that's where he was doing it. And now he's doing it in my room. Um, okay. So, um, I came home to, to, to be with my family and, you know, this was kind of a risky move, but I was hoping that this would be something that, you know, maybe we could mend our relationships and develop healthy and happy habits. But unfortunately, you can't change people that don't want to change and it doesn't matter how much, you know, work you do on yourself. Um, it's never going to change people. And I knew this, but I'm also very stubborn. And when I like, you know, like you said, when, when the universe has a path for you and you don't listen, you get kicked off of it. And part of my path is not having a relationship with my family. And ultimately, um, I ended up, I moved to Washington. Um, I had a job with Washington, but I had a major blowout with my family that was, very destructive and um it really was painful and it really sucked um but you know after losing the job and then like pretty much losing my family like completely i still don't have relationships with my um certain members of my immediate family um i like i was devastated i was like this is so sad like this sucks and then I found myself on my path in Washington and I felt very connected to the whales, very connected to the community. And once I had rid the things that were not in alignment for me, like that job that I was in or having relationships with my family, things started to line up. Things started to make sense. Um, I had like, it just seemed like there were just doors swinging open to me everywhere. And like, it, it still kind of seems that way. Like I said, I had like four job offers here and it just, Washington, it just, it was easy and it was smooth, if that makes sense. And I was like, oh, like I'm supposed to be doing this. But, you know, while I was in 
Arizona doing the job that I um, didn't end up finishing. I was, I was trying to, to be on a path to go work with African animals and move back to Tanzania. And that's not my path. My path is marine mammals and it always has been. Um, so I just got kicked right back onto that path to marine mammals. Um, and so that's why I am where I am now, but it kind of was just one of those, I realized through all those difficult experiences that like there, that everybody does have a path and that like the universe does have a way of things. And there are just some things on your um, karmic timelines that you cannot avoid <laughs> no matter how hard you try or no matter how much you try to control it, because I'm very much type A. I'm like, I, I you know, I'm going to plan my life three years out in advance and have this internship and do this school program. And that's not how it works. Not if the universe doesn't want it to, you know? No, I know. I do know. And even though you went through those hardships with your family, um, you, uh, it's really good that you recognized early that, you know, um, you can't change people and that you can't, um, you know, you can sit there until you're 50 still wishing you had a relationship or having, and I don't know, you know, which family members you're talking about, but you can always dream of wanting, you know, a relationship like a mother or a father figure, you know, that mommy or that daddy, but if they're not a mommy or they're, not a daddy they can never be that no right. matter how hard you wish you try how much energy you put into it if they are not that they will never be that yeah and if they are they will be you know um i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is trying to change others and you know it is sad to see somebody that's so broken and unhealed that they need to be so hurtful towards other people but it doesn't matter how you know what i do until they they choose to value themselves and heal themselves i can just continue to live my life and i found way more success doing that and that life has been a lot easier and a lot more peaceful um when i you know stay on my own mat if you will yeah i um once saw a pillow uh that I still to this day just, you know, love. And it says, uh, blood makes us relatives. Prozac makes us friends. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. It's just because, uh, we're blood, you know, does not mean we have to be best friends. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we have to be in each other's lives constantly. It doesn't mean, you know, um, uh, as I'll get further down in these uh, conversations is that, you know, we, we have spiritual contracts and uh, just because, you know, it doesn't mean we always, that means the contract means we are bonded to be together with each other every second of every day for the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah. We made a contract to come in and cause an effect. Yeah. It's the human side of us that wants to uh, bond uh, and, uh, be uh, whole and connected with an individual. Isn't being a human so annoying? I think it is. Like, I would love to be any other animal. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I know. I've had friends say, I want to come back as your dogs. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I, it's so true. Uh, you know, I, I, I have thought about what it would be like to come back as a whale. Yeah. 
you know, uh, to weigh that much, no one care. That's yeah, <laughs> very true. And to have that be a good thing. We like whales to get fat and stay fat. It helps them to survive, you know? I know. When someone says you're, you know, you look like a beached well, uh, that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, not the beach part, but the whale part. <laughs> but you yeah. know what I mean. Yes, yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's good things to it. Right. <laughs> well, I, I am so happy that you are here in the Monterey area and that, you know, everything is uh, working out for you. Yes. I'm, I'm happy to be here too. It's, um, it's definitely culturally a little bit more of a struggle than like any other move, but it's absolutely beautiful. I'm like, I love the work that I do. So I feel very fortunate to be here. Yeah. It's, it is the, you have the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Um, you have uh, a place that's very grounded in uh, preserving uh, this, the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I believe you are in the right place at the right time. And I am so pleased to have met you. Yes, I'm glad to have met you too. Well, thank you for coming on and being my first guest. I'm so excited. And uh, I wish you the best for uh, your podcast, everyone, um, again, um, that is Breaching Extinction uh, with Erica. And uh, you guys really should listen to it. Uh, you're going to get a lot of information out there, again, that I didn't even know we were affecting them in ways. And, uh, you know, you think you're doing good, but there's always more to do. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I didn't realize I was your first guest. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> you're my first guest. And I really appreciate all your help and all your patience. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me on here. It was a pleasure chatting. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great time. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.